On the Wednesday edition of the Zone Daily Podcast, Clark Lee joined 3HL yesterday and continued to have very intelligent, nuanced opinions about how he brings Vanderbilt back from the bottom of the SEC East. I'll tell you a little bit about that and play you some of that audio. Plus, Tennessee wide receiver Marquez Callaway had two outstanding catches for the Saints two nights ago against the Jacksonville Jaguars in preseason, and it caused some to make the assumption that Tennessee's always been talented, they just can't coach. I couldn't disagree more. That's today on the Zone Daily Podcast. Yesterday's headlines, tonight's topics, and one big story you need to know. This is the Zone Daily Podcast with Will Bowling. Starting off the Zone Daily Podcast today with a little bit of Vanderbilt football, some Tennessee football coming up on today's show as well. But we start with the headlines for the Tennessee Titans as they go into their third day. Uh, of training camp back in Nashville this week. Uh, a couple of more players play, placed on the COVID reserve list yesterday as the fallout continues from Mike Vrabel's positive test. Jeremy McNichols uh, was probably the biggest name on that list. Nick DeZubnar was the other one for the Tennessee Titans that went on that COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, the Titans are going to continue to probably feel the, the fallout of this uh, over the next couple of days, we hope that this is the end of that fallout, but uh, it is certainly not a positive uh, to be subtracting players rather than adding them uh, right now. The Titans also waived Kevin Peterson uh, on Tuesday. Practice takeaways yesterday, Julio Jones was back uh, in a helmet and pads on the practice field. That is a very good sign for the Tennessee Titans, who have continued to get a lot of banged-up players back on the practice field over the past couple of days. A.J. Brown was back on the field as well for the second consecutive day. Uh, his work was limited to the early stretch period, individual drills, and the walkthrough. Uh, but uh, according to Jim Wyatt of TennesseeTitans.com, has moved around nicely uh, since he came back on the practice field. Defense continued to play well, uh, but a big play for Des Fitzpatrick. Uh, for the Titans on the offensive end. Tannehill hit him in stride as he ran past Christian Fulton for a touchdown. Des Fitzpatrick looks to be a guy that's coming on uh, over the past couple days after his touchdown catch from Logan Woodside uh, against Tampa. So Vanderbilt head coach Clark Lee wins the press conference for me. He's an intelligent guy. He's a great, great soundbite. Is that going to translate to on-the-field success for Vanderbilt? I don't know. Uh, does it mean that He's the right fit for Vanderbilt. I don't even know that either. And can any head coach succeed with the way that administration is currently set up? Uh, I certainly don't know the answer to that. But I think this is a guy who continues to have the perfect answer every time he does interviews like this. This was Clark Lee yesterday uh, when asked by Don Davenport about expectations in year one at Vanderbilt. Well, you know, we'll measure success. Um, you know, based on performance. I mean, we, we, you know, we have a path to win every game that we play and we, we're going to measure our results off the execution of that path, that plan. And, um, you know, we can't, we can't defer winning to a time in the distant future. We don't need to do that. What we have to do is understand exactly who we are in our identity and understand what it's going to take to win. And um, early on, it's about maximizing our competitive self. It's about, uh, fighting for every blade of grass on the field 
It's about uh, avoiding any semblance of self-sabotage with pre-snap penalties or with, um, you know, um, you know, missed, missed assignments on defense. Like we have to play uh, really good, sound, fundamental football. We got to play it really hard and we got to be ready to fight uh, longer and harder than our opponents. I keep getting the sense that Clark Lee is speaking the Vanderbilt language. I'm not sure the Vanderbilt language is one you want to speak in football because it's never truly been successful. James Franklin certainly didn't speak the, speak the Vanderbilt language. Uh, he was uh, walking to the beat of his uh, of a very different drum, and it's uh, the reason why he left pretty immediately at his first big opportunity for Penn State. But if Vanderbilt is going to win the Vanderbilt way, I, I get the feeling it's going to be under Clark Lee. I get the feeling that if anyone can speak the language of that institution and convince that institution to invest in football and invest in a quote-unquote Vanderbilt guy, it's this guy. Does Vanderbilt become more encouraged to invest in a guy like Clark Lee because he's one of them and he speaks the same language? That's something I, I tend to believe could be the case. I think this is a positive for Vanderbilt that they've got a guy that speaks the language of those student-athletes uh, and maybe more importantly can recruit a different kind of kid in the world of college football that wants to play for such an intellectual uh, and, and intelligent head coach. It is such a stark contrast to what Tennessee just got rid of and Jeremy Pruitt, uh, and I continue to be impressed by what Clark Lee has to say because it's very thought-provoking. Uh, it's very calculated, everything that he says when he talks about how he's going to build this football program. So, look, Tennessee fans love to complain. Tennessee fans love to talk about how uh, they're just a couple of pieces away from being good or, uh, you know, when Tennessee thinks it's back uh, in football, uh, they want to claim that it's back way too quickly or, or claim that it can beat Florida on the road way too quickly. Tennessee fans are also good at claiming when a player was underused uh, and when a player has not been good in college and when they're great in the NFL. There are plenty of examples of that being the case. So Tennessee fans in that arena are correct. So when Marquez Callaway has two fantastic touchdown catches, former Tennessee wide receiver, of course, uh, for the New Orleans Saints and a beatdown of the Jacksonville Jaguars on national TV the other day, Tennessee fans uh, who are good at accepting defeat because they've had to do it a lot in football uh, start making statements and making claims that I don't think have any basis to them. Now, here's something that is a fact. This was courtesy of Patrick Brown of Go Vols 247 talking about this team that Tennessee had in 2019 that is now getting NFL snaps like Marquez Calloway. Tennessee's 2019 offense had three NFL wide receivers in Marquez Calloway, Josh Palmer, and Jawan Jennings, plus Trey Smith on the offensive line, of course. Tennessee, with those three guys at wide receiver, was 97th in FBS in scoring, 24.2 points per game, and 75th in FBS in passing offense, with 221.4 yards per game. It's a fair point, and it certainly speaks to Tennessee did not reach its full potential in 2019, or, uh, of course, in 2020, uh, with Jeremy Pruitt as the Vols head coach. But this narrative that Tennessee has always been talented but just has guys that can't coach, where did that come from? Tennessee's not getting the five stars uh, that Alabama, that Georgia, that Florida is getting. In fact, when you look at the average 247 composite ratings of every Tennessee position versus every Georgia position for the 2020 season, so this is still grading Jeremy Pruitt's this-is-it year. Tennessee had a better rating than Georgia at one position. That was quarterback. 
And if you watch any of the quarterbacks that played when Tennessee got drubbed in the second half at Athens last year, you could not tell me for a second that that was an accurate rating, that Tennessee had highly, more highly recruited and better quarterbacks uh, than Georgia did. Georgia was deeper and better at every single position. Now, against Florida, it was a little bit different. Tennessee had more highly rated players last season. Uh, when you take the average ranking of all of your players at each position group, Tennessee was better at quarterback, offensive line, inside linebacker, and safety. Yes, Jeremy Pruitt recruited some pretty good players to Tennessee. Some players that I think could be pretty good uh, under Josh Heupel this upcoming year, specifically in Tennessee secondary uh, in guys like Alante Taylor and Theo Jackson and Jalen McCullough and Trayvon Flowers, guys that have played a lot of football. But let's quit acting like Tennessee's uh, depth is at the same level of an Alabama, a Georgia, or a Florida. Alabama, you don't hear about the big injuries that they have because they have other five stars and four stars waiting in the wings to, to pick up the mantle when a guy is out for the season. You don't hear about uh, uh, Georgia's, uh, uh, oh, that they're missing guys in the offensive and defensive line, and, and they're going to miss some pass catchers when they open the season with Clemson pretty soon. Uh, they're going to be missing uh, one of the best pass catchers in the country. Uh, and Darnell Washington for that game. You're not going to hear Georgia fans make a lot of excuses about it because they've got other four and five stars that are going to pick up the mantle and are going to play those positions and play them very well. This is the overarching point. Tennessee has had the starting lineup to win more games than they have in the SEC. That's absolutely true, uh, and I believe that uh, Tennessee should have obviously won more games and scored more points under Jeremy Pruitt than they did. But Tennessee doesn't have the depth they don't have the quality freshmen and sophomores that these other teams have. And they, they have it for a really long time because it takes more than two or three recruiting cycles for a brand-new head coach to build that kind of competitive depth without completely exceeding expectations early on in their coaching careers. Jeremy Pruitt met expectations uh, for his first two seasons. Uh, then 2020 uh, went a little bit differently. And certainly was well below expectations. And when you cheat and lose, um, your time is up. That is the conversation that I think we need to be having. Tennessee's best is up there with everybody else's best. Their second and third teamers aren't even close. So that does it for today's Zone Daily Podcast. We'll continue with more Titans training camp, more Titans storylines uh, tomorrow. Uh, plus, we'll get you some of our conversation with head coach Cody White, head coach Engel Martin, uh, as I do research, I do prep here on the Zone Daily and on our 104.5 The Zone High School Football Podcast and get you ready for week number two. Uh, of the 104.5 The Zone High School Football Game of the Week. We'll do a little bit of that tomorrow. Uh, we'll get it right to your podcast feed, 5 a.m., wherever you listen to podcasts, right here on 104.5 The Zone.